0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 353 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections for the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips. Visit equestriancollections.com. I'm Glenn the Geek, back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have back with us Dr. Jenny Johnson. She runs Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that's based in Calabasas, California. And, of course, she's a regular contributor over to the Jumping Radio Show with her Veterinary Tips, which is part of the Horse Radio Network. This tip is taken off of Episode 39 and is co-hosted by Chris Stafford. You can hear the rest of the show by visiting jumpingradio.com. We'll get to Dr. Johnson right after these exciting words about a coupon available now during the holiday shopping season from Equestrian Collections. Your source for all your holiday shopping this year is equestriancollections.com. Equestriancollections.com offers all the holiday gift giving ideas that you would ever want for your wife, for your husband, for that horsey kids in your life, for your horse. You can cover them all. Your farrier, your veterinarian, all the professionals in the horse world are covered as well. You can find all the gifts you'd possibly need at EquestrianCollections.com. And just for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network... They have offered a coupon. Just a promo, use the promo code Radio Show, all one word Radio Show, at checkout, and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more. So that's coupon code Radio Show at checkout, and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more for all of your holiday shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Well, hi, Jenny. Good to have you back on the show.
1: Oh, it's great to be back, Chris. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, we're really getting into the winter here, though, in Kentucky. You you don't notice too much seasonal change in California, though, do you? (laughs)
1: Well, no, I think we're having our summer right now. It's actually uh, warmer than it it was in most of the summer. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. Well, we're ready
0: for some rain. It's actually been looking like California over here for now months, and we are so in need of some rain. So if you get any, would you send it our way? Well,
1: okay. It might be a few more months till we have that, but uh, (laughs) I'll keep it
0: in mind. All right. Well, the last time you were on the show, of course, Jenny, we were continuing with that series of lameness and – uh, I believe that we were going to talk this week about determining the location of lameness. That's a that's a challenging diagnosis, right there, isn't it?
1: It is, and I think it's uh, very important to just talk a little bit about the components that go into evaluating a lameness, and and how do we make the determination of forelimb versus hindlimb, and and how those those things can be confused. So I, I want to talk a little bit about. You know, our observations, the observations that we'll make when looking at a lame horse and and how they affect our decision as to where our lameness is located. Now, first of all, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that when they're looking at a horse that's lame, you want to watch the horse at the walk and the trot, and you want to watch them from the front. You want to watch them from the back and from the side. So typically what I will do is I'll watch the horse travel away from me, I'll watch the horse travel back to me, and then I'll usually also stand and watch the horse from the side. Now, when we're watching the horse moving away from me and then back to me, what I am evaluating at that point is medial to lateral foot flight. How how are the feet tracking? Are they tracking straight? Are they moving under the horse? Are they moving uh, away from the horse? And, And how is that different from one limb to another? Is it consistent? Are they each moving in a similar fashion or is there one moving differently? The other thing I'll be looking for is what's called a hip hike, is one hip higher as the horse is moving versus the other. And the other thing I'll be looking for is a head nod. is the head going down with a certain leg hitting the ground. And we'll talk a little bit more about each one of those aspects of evaluating lameness as we get a bit more into it. Now, from the side, what we'll be looking at when the horse walks and jogs is watching the cranial and caudal aspect of the stride. In other words, how far forward are the limbs moving? How are they appearing when they're going back under the horse as the horse is traveling over them? How does that uh, appear from the side and how consistent is it from limb to limb? Now, one thing that I would suggest that might be an aid, particularly to our listeners who may not have a tremendous amount of experience in evaluating a horse for lameness, when you're observing a horse from the side, it might be useful to have a non-movable linear frame of reference, such as a fence or a wall, in the background. And that can be used to help evaluate the head nod and the hip height. So in other words, if you have a fence line that you can see and you use that as your frame of reference, you can say, okay, is, is this side moving up more or is the head nodding more in comparison to my ref, frame of reference in the background? That that can sometimes be very helpful. Now, I'll talk a little bit about four limb lameness than lameness is often easier to recognize than hind lameness, but understanding the concept of the head nod is critical to the correct interpretation of what that head nod means. So the head elevates when the lame leg hits the ground, and it drops when the sound leg hits, and that's the basic premise. I mean, this has been studied on high-speed photography that's been slowed down, and many people will... Will choose one aspect of the of the head nod, or the other that's easier for them to evaluate. In other words, some people might say it's easier for me to see the head come up, and I know that's when the lame leg is hitting the ground. Personally, I look at when the head goes down, and I know that's the opposite or the good leg that's hitting the ground. So that's really a matter of personal preference, but it's just understanding that the head comes up when the lame leg hits the ground; it goes down when the sound leg hits the ground. Now. Moving on to hindland lameness, that can be a little bit trickier. And the descriptions of hindland lamenesses are frequently confusing. It's important to recognize in hindland lameness uh, that it, you have to understand the concept of the hip height. Now, perhaps a better descriptive term would be the pelvic height. And it refers to the asymmetrical movement of the pelvis. The entire pelvis appears to elevate, not just a hip on the lame side. So what it refers to is a vertical elevation of the pelvis when the lame leg is weight-bearing. So in other words, the pelvis hikes up when the lame leg hits the ground and down when the sound leg hits. Having said that, you can also see a lowering of the hip on the lame side, and it may be easier to see the downward movement of the pel- pelvis on the side of the lame leg. So... It's the shifting of weight or load that occurs as a horse tries to change a horse tries to decrease his weight bearing in the lame leg and transfer the weight to the sound leg. That's what's causing this pelvic hike or the hip hike. Another way to look at it is that a horse tends to drift away from the lame hind leg and towards the sound hind leg. The drifting may decrease the magnitude of the pelvic. Hike, and it also makes the lane side look lower so this all sounds very contradictory and to some extent it is and it's a really a matter of experience but when you're watching a horse from behind sometimes it may be more obvious in one horse on that on the lane side you're seeing a hip hike or a pelvic hike on that side in another horse it may be easier to see that that side is dropping lower, and that frequently is a reflection of the horse drifting away from that lame leg and going more towards the sound leg, and that may appear to be a lowering of the hip. Now, if you have a horse with a bilateral hind limb lameness, in other words, it's lame in both hinds, you'll have a short, choppy stride, and you may not have any pelvic height at all. Now, I want to talk a little bit about hind limb lameness being confused with forelimb lameness. And it's important to understand how a horse with a unilateral hind limb lameness manifests its gait so that a hind limb lameness can actually mimic a forelimb lameness at the trot. What happens is the hind limb hits the ground. The horse shifts his weight forward to transfer the load away from that lame hind limb. This causes the head and neck to shift forward and the head to nod down at the same time. The contralateral forelimb, in other words, if you're talking about a right hind lameness, it would be the left fore, the contralateral forelimb bears the weight simultaneously with the lame hind limb, and the head nod coincides, thus mimicking a lameness in the forelimb. So that that can add considerable confusion to the picture as well. You don't always get this head and neck movement with the hind limb lameness. Usually they have to be I would say a greater than a grade three out of five lame in the hind limb in order to get this this coincidental or simultaneous head nod in the opposite forelimb. But it's important for our listeners to understand that that can be a component of hind limb lameness and understand that it's not necessarily a sign of forelimb lameness just because you have a head nod, just to make the picture a little more cloudy. (laughs) So, The reasons that a horse can have a head nod at the trot include a singular forelimb lameness. In other words, they're laying on the left fore. They have a head nod associated with that. When the left fore hits the ground, the head comes up. They can have a singular hind limb lameness on the same side, which can alter the way they travel, or they can have a concurrent forelimb and hind limb lameness. So for example, you can see a prominent head nod in horse that has both a simultaneous left front and left hind lameness. So I'm not sure that that's really clarified the picture for our listeners, but I think what, it's, what I've tried to do is open up the puzzle a little bit so that our listeners get a better sense that evaluating lameness is a very complex situation. Typically, forelimb lameness is the, is the easiest to diagnose However, just because you see a head nod doesn't mean it's necessarily a forelimb lameness. We have to consider the the possibility that there's a hind limb lameness, as well as the possibility that there is both a forelimb and a hind limb lameness. So, in our next our next uh, session, we'll be talking. I'll be talking a bit about lameness scoring and the quantification of lameness severity.
0: Thank you to Chris and to Dr. Johnson for continuing to provide these tips from the Jumping Radio Show. As I said, that was from Jumping Radio Show episode number 39. You can find the rest of that episode at JumpingRadio.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.
1: The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.